All right. Well, I want to welcome everyone back to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I direct the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And I want to welcome once again our, in our, into our discussion, Brother J.J. Uh, Frazier and Brother Chuck Ramsher. I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of your, your schedules to uh, just block off some time to be able to talk about one of the most important areas, at least in my way of thinking, that the church needs today, and that is leadership. And I've shared with both of you before some of the statistics that I have learned over the last few years that to me are frightening. Uh, that to the statement that we're in a leadership crisis seems to be an understatement uh, in regards to what we're facing. Uh, based upon what I have learned, we're looking at somewhere around 65% of the congregations of the Lord's Church in this country that have no elders whatsoever. And the remaining 35% or approximately 35% they don't have enough. And according to uh, a conversation that I had with Roy Johnson uh, back some time ago, uh, uh, that remaining 35%, half of those only have two elders, which means they're, they're really just one illness or one death away from having no elders. And the, the challenging part to me is I have traveled across the country and met with different congregations and discussed these matters. There are only a few congregations that I'm presently aware of, and I certainly don't know all of them, but the few that I know, only, only two congregations that have an ongoing active training program for preparing men to serve as leaders in the future. And so, as we've mentioned in a previous uh, podcast, if we're not doing something to prepare leaders today, they're not going to be around in the future. We're not going to have leaders in the future. And so we really need to address the crisis. And so I'd like for us to begin today just in a discussion about what do you believe has contributed to this crisis that we're facing as far as leadership in the church is concerned today? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and, and it is is. I, I'd like to say it's mind-boggling to me. However, uh, over the years, uh, I've, I've thought deeply about uh, what I have seen occurring, and in my discussions, um, I, I, I'd like to uh, start off. I have four items that I'd like to just simply share with you. Sure. Uh, my opinion of what has led to this crisis of leadership. Um, uh, again, the, the very number one thing I've said is the uh, destruction of the family, mm. the destruction of the family nucleus. Um, the men have vacated the home and many, if they're in the home, have vacated their spiritual responsibilities. The woman leads the prayer. The woman is involved in getting everyone to church. The woman is responsible for doing everything in the spiritual matters and the man goes to work if he's working at all. Um, and I, it, it's, you just see it across the board. But even beyond that, pornography in America mm. is destroying the man in the household. Um, I was looking at some statistics uh, earlier, um, and... Uh, I can't remember specifically. I, I know I have them written down, and I think I have them written on the website 
Uh, but I saw a startling figure that said about 45% of men in the home view pornography wow. in some manner. And the problem is that pornography uh, takes the form of soft pornography and hard pornography. So in a lot of the movies and entertainment industry that's pushed out, it's in the form of soft pornography that eventually will lead to hard pornography. And so we have not only are men above age 21, we now have a whole group of younger teenagers who are viewing it even themselves through the regular movies because the rated R um, theme has now been distorted and they get soft pornography or suggestions in a lot of the movies. And then beyond that, our younger kids, even watching cartoons, have suggestive themes in them. Wow. So everything builds to a point where you go from soft pornography to a hard pornography, and it's just having it take its toll on the male in the family. And then from that, we move to adultery because that's the end result of if you've got a man in the home and he has a wandering eye because he's been taught that he's constantly looking through entertainment and everything else, then they step into adultery. And so what we have to do in the church in order to help build up the family nucleus, we have to have frank, open, candor discussions with our men about pornography and adultery. It needs to occur with our young men uh, at the teen level and the adult level so that they can understand what they need to do in the home, uh, to step away from it, to talk to their families about it, to make a pledge that I am not going to be involved in that. Mm -hmm. So that's one. The second thing is uh, that's contributing to the leadership crisis is, um, and, and I don't know how you or the audience will take this, but um, many of our congregations have dealt in pat answers too long. Um, they have an image of what a man is to look like, but that image has changed. Now we have a lot of young men with tattoos and earrings. Well, are they still men? Are they still capable of fulfilling the leadership role? Well, God does not look on the outside. That's right. And maybe we need to take the opportunity to say, if we have young men who already has gone out and got their tattoos, and if they've already got their hair shaved in some un some crazy fashion, uh, well, that's teachable moments. Sure. And we need to teach them things so that maybe they might want to take their earring out or if they want to leave it in, as long as it is a clean appearance, let them leave the earring in, but bring up our men in the admonition of the Lord and let them serve with their earring. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe there's anything wrong with it. And so what we've done is we've put ourselves in a box when the only men that are coming 
are those who are trying to do everything they can to learn about the Lord, and yet they have earrings, they have tattoos, but they serve faithfully. Yes. So the examples that they lead in their life and taking care of their families and understanding godly principles are all there, but their appearance seems to be a little questionable. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to get away from the old stereotypes and let ourselves move forward because only God knows what those men look like in the Old Testament who had their hair long or who had been a slave and had earrings and all kinds of things. We need to refocus what we're looking on and look to the heart. And my book talks about that. Look to the heart. What are these men capable of and let them move forward because we're dealing with a new generation. That's right. Um, the third thing is this point of autonomy autonomy amongst the churches. Some churches have taken it too far. We don't even talk and share with each other. Yes. But you know, for a congregation that has a whole lot of women, but a few amount of men, and another congregation next door that has a whole lot of men and few women, maybe the churches need to talk to each other if we want to build up godly families. Amen. You know, and, and, does it have to be, uh, we can still have events and activities, but it takes leadership to reach across the street or the railroad tracks and talk to another congregation where in the past, autonomy dictates because of the way Church of Christ have been brought up, you know, they're over there and we're over here. Right. We need to stop that. We need, we, we need to understand that autonomy deals with the eldership taking care of the flock where they are right. and discipline and teaching and, and helping the congregation live a godly life. But it doesn't mean ostracizing the church next door. That's teaching the same thing that we're doing. That's what leadership is about. And that's what leaders need to focus on. And then that fourth thing that I mentioned to you is evangelizing. Um, the church is in crisis because they're dying out. Mm -hmm. Attrition is eating our people alive because of jobs and having their, their kids are growing up. They can't find things in the hometown where they are. They go off to college. College is a, another whole issue. Uh, but uh, they're learning things, but they leave the church and they don't come back. Yeah. Well, that means there's a whole flock right outside of our, well, there's a whole group of people outside of our doors. We got to get out and evangelize them and bring them into the church. And we need to keep the cycle going so that leaders will have people to lead. If there's, the same people are being led and we're getting the same results over and over. Yes, there's going to be a leadership crisis because there is eventually a point where there's no one else to lead because of our own bad leadership and not getting our people to understand the value of going out and evangelizing and bringing the community in. We can't be a little bubble 
And leadership is extremely important because for followers who feel that they have a good thing, they want to keep that good thing. And they'll do as little as they can to bring people in. That's, that's, that's what I found. They'll do as little as they can to bring more people in because it's more work. It's more work on them. It's more work on the leadership. But that's the way God arranged it. It's work for us. And we have to go and evangelize and bring people in. If not, we're going to have a leadership crisis. So that's the four things I offer. Oh, that's I like all four of them, and I'm on <laughs> the same page with you. Yes. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. JJ, um, I was wondering, and I'll kind of preface this with a very short story uh, because of time and such, but I was preaching down in Georgia, and uh, before I came on, the men there in the congregation said, we want to have elders. And so I began working with the church, and after two years, we eventually had elders, but in that process, of finding men who not only were qualified as we see them, but also had the desire. A few men were qualified, except for that First Timothy chapter three and verse one. That's right. People who have that desire. And I guess my question is, um, what do you think leads to men not having the desire to lead and to oversee uh, other souls? One of the biggest problems that leads, excellent question, excellent question, because I've run into this all the time. And what we actually, what I've actually found is that you actually have a lot, when you have a large body of men to select from, um, when you actually start talking to them, there are actually quite a few who actually meet the requirements of 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7 and Titus 1, 5 and 9 uh, for the eldership uh, and then even for the deacons in uh, of 1 Timothy 3. The, the, the problem is getting them, like you said, to have that desire. And, and what I found is, first of all, is getting them to understand what the term desire means. Yeah. You know, they, they really, to understand a desire, um, to understand why that desire is important and significant. Um, see, everyone says, well, you know, I don't have the desire because of this. Uh, and they're normally looking back in their past they're normally looking at something in their life. They're normally looking at something about them. They're normally lack confidence. And when, so when you explain what makes up this desire to have a role that's, again, a noble role for God, it's a noble role for God, uh, be it the deacon or el uh, the deacon or eldership, um, once they understand what that's about, they can have the confidence after classes are taught to get them to see, you know what, I do have a desire to be that. I do have a desire to, and, and, and what I found is a lot of times they don't understand what having the desire means. Mm -hmm. They just simply don't know. No one's talked to them about it. You hear people preach about it, but nobody's talked to them about what is it that formulates that that internal um, um, spirit to want to have something 
that's a good thing because that's what that desire is to have to want a good thing um to want something that's noble and honorable and when you explain what that is about then all of a sudden it's like well yeah i want that mm -hmm. and then the desire comes it 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 it, it opens up the the mindset that yeah i do want something like that and that's where the training can come in that that's where you can take a look at a uh what a person has done and you know um i don't want to prolong this but i it, you know it's what i found is here's a man who never really understood what the what it was to have the desire when you explain it to them, it's like the light bulb comes on. Well, oh yeah, I do want that. Mm -hmm. And then immediately Satan steps in and say, well, you know, this is what your life was like before. And then you come to them and say, well, wait a minute. When did all this stuff occur? Well, this was before I was baptized into Christ. Well, let's walk through the scripture. The scripture says you become a new creature. Didn't you put all that stuff behind you? Well, yeah, I did. Okay, can we move forward? <laughs> and it's amazing how many people all of a sudden now have the desire when they put the two and two together that they're not living their old life anymore. And if they can tell you honestly to your, their, your face that, yeah, I don't engage in this stuff. I stopped that long time ago. But see, in their heart, in their mind, they thought they were going to be judged for it. In their mind, they thought they were going to be, all that was going to be brought back up. In their mind, because the leaders have said, no, according to God, when you went down in that watery grave, your life changed. Mm -hmm. You've been living an excellent life. Yeah. And now here is this honorable position for you to be an example to others. And let's keep the cycle going. And it changes so many things if we can have that honest discussion. Yeah. Well, and you'd mentioned something I thought really contributed to this. Yeah, back in, I think it was the first session you were talking about how that oftentimes we tend to, uh, we pick apart people and that's right. Tear them down instead of building them up and focusing on the positive. I mean, it doesn't take long. People are like, I want no part of leadership. I, I don't have that desire because I do not want to be the, the victim of, of this criticism and, and the rebuke and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that that plays a big role in that. And I thought that was wise stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, those old things in the scripture, and I say old things because I'm, I'm, I just say, I take it lightly. Um, um, but I, I, I mean, I strongly adhere to it where Jesus says, you know, you're going to bring an accusation. Well, where are your witnesses? Mm. Mm -hmm. Where are your witnesses? Yep. And so here we have men serving and somebody will start a rumor and it takes leadership to just squash that rumor and say, look, what are you talking about? You come to us. Where are the witnesses? Who says that this is occurring? But what happens is one person's rumor, somebody thought they heard, somebody said, and all of a sudden you breed an organization where rumor dictates yeah. what occurs in the organization instead of the leadership. And it takes leadership to just squash all of that 
And we're going to do things the way the Bible says to do it. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden you'll grow leadership. Your leadership will flourish in a body. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I like, as much as I, we are out of time. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or during next session, I, I just appreciate both of you so much. Thank you, Brother Frazier and, and Chuck. I, I just appreciate you guys and appreciate the expertise you bring to this field. And I know that it's beneficial to everyone. I just want to remind everyone that's listening that you can go to Brother Frazier's website. It's www.masteringthepositive.com. And he has a book that he's written that you can pick up there, uh, as well as looking at tons of material that he's got available. And so I encourage you to do that. And thank you again. Thank you both for being a part of this session. Looking forward to our discussion as it continues uh, as we focus on leadership. God bless. Thank you.